This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. This is Janice Liebowitz. I'm back and I am thrilled and really privileged to have with me Zapiro, Jonathan Shapiro, who really needs no introduction. He is South Africa's top political cartoonist. He is an activist, social commentator, and welcome to the studio. Thanks, Janice. And Jonathan is, well, Zapira. What do you prefer to be called? Oh, you call me Zapira. It's fine. You know, that's what people know me oh, as. Sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Zapira is briefly in Joburg, which is why this interview is actually pre-recorded. And he is in Johannesburg. He has just launched his latest annual, which is actually his 24th edition of his annual, which is called Which Side is Up? his cartoons, compilation of his cartoons from this year's Daily Maverick and we are chatting to him about that and various other things so tell me how did you actually did you pick up a pen one day when you were a whole lot younger and decide hey look I can draw cartoons Um, and my my pet subject for quite a while has been that everybody does that when 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 you were three and four years old, you were also doing that. All of us, you know, Fusi sitting at the controls, uh, you, me, and <laughs> anyone else. Uh, all of us are cartoonists to start with, and we we do drawings that are kind of crazy, unboundaried, um, rude, uh, speak from the heart. And then some of us kind of push through and carry on, and other people feel a little bit more constrained by society. But it, but uh, the difference between our drawings. When we were that age, or our kids' drawings and our own drawings at that age, very little. And it's, uh, I think you almost have to be told not to be that kind of rude, irreverent cartoonist. Uh, yes. uh, you know, then people start becoming a little more constrained and a little, and then they say, I can't draw. But you don't hear a three-year-old or four-year-old saying, I can't draw. Yes, and as we get older, we have that yeah. creativity knocked out. So I was, yeah, I was doing that stuff when I was young, but so was, so was everyone else. But I, I did, you know, by the age of four or five, I really felt that I wanted to do some of this kind of thing. And, and by the age of seven, eight, nine, I thought, well, I, I'm going to become a cartoonist. And uh, I was looking, of course, as many of us were, but I was looking at, at, at other cartoons. I was looking at Giles, then Tintin, then uh, Peanuts, Peanuts well, and it. then things like Asterix. And, and then uh, the political stuff came later. But, um, yeah, so that, that's, how, that's how I started. Okay. And, and moving on to, to, obviously, now modern times, do you think that being a political cartoonist specifically – does it give you um, more of a license than, than journalists have, or does it give you – do you come under harsher criticism? Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to say which. Uh, it, I, don't, I don't think I have uh, – perhaps I do have a little bit more license. and not, I don't have any more rights than anyone else, than any other journalist or any other person. We all have the same rights under the Constitution. Yes. But they're, they're, they're kind of – are, there are conventions that we've come to accept where a cartoon has a cartoonist has that space it used to be a space in a newspaper these days can be a space online or you may have maybe both 
where you can be pretty rude. And it comes from pretty old traditions like things like the jester's space with a, a court jester or in some parts of Africa, maybe a griot, somebody who goes around and sings, has some license to be a little bit satirical, even about people in power. Uh, the thing about the, the, the court jester was, you know, go a little bit too far, you get your head chopped off. And that, I think, is the same with cartoons. Even in a democracy, you find that there are people who are trying to shut you down. So I've had tremendous freedom, but there obviously have been people, including Jacob Zuma, who've tried Absolutely. to shut me down. Yes. <laughs> and speaking about um, uh, democracy and constitution, um, what do you think about um, press freedom, media freedom in South Africa? Um, are there real threats? And what is, what is the story with censorship? You know, overall, I would say that, I mean, if you talk about the last quarter of a century in, under our, in our democracy, overall, I think the media has been reasonably free. Yes. Um, and as, and for satirists and cartoonists, I think we've been very free. We actually have a lot more freedom than, than cartoonists uh, elsewhere on, in Africa, elsewhere in the world, elsewhere. Even we, I, I, you know, I'd like to compare us sometimes with old democracies in, 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 in Europe and, and places like the United States. There have been cartoons that I've been able to publish in mainstream media that would have been very difficult to publish in the United States in mainstream media. Right. You can do it in alternative media. But mainstream media, I think we really have had a lot of freedom. And I think that there have been lots of pressures on press freedom. And there's been, uh, unfortunately, been a deterioration in some of the media houses. Like, I mean, independent is hardly, you you can hardly call the independent group um, a proper newspaper group anymore sure. under Iqbal Survey. Um, he's, it's a sort of an advertorial thing for his uh, corrupt empire. And you've got this. Things that unfortunately Tiso Blackstar, the, the, you know, old times media, yes. I think they've, they've had a lot of stuff to deal with where they were peddling, they, some of their journalists were peddling nonsense, the rogue unit story and things like that. Yeah. I was there at the time. I had to fight against that, um, and ran into some opposition within, within the group. Uh, but I've also had phenomenal time at that very same group. Mondi Makanya was editor. When I published the, when we published together the uh, Rape of Lady Justice cartoon yes. in that same uh, Sunday Times media. So there's stresses and strains, but I think overall, now I look, I mean, Daily Maverick, I'm at Daily Maverick. It's right. the, the group that brought Gupta leaks, which, yes. which, uh, Help bring down Zuma and the Guptas. And the Guptas. So you're able to actually use your cartoons and to change perceptions and to, to bring things to light and to bring things to people's attention that we yeah. otherwise would not know about or we'd know about them a lot later. And we probably wouldn't know as much as we get to know through information that you're able to portray in the cartoons. Yes. And look, I just, I want to say that the people who really are uncovering the stories are the investigative journalists yes. and that I'm not a reporter. I'm a, I'm a, a commentator and an, and as I suppose to an extent an analyst, an analyst. and I'm a satirist. But so I think I'm, you're able to also bring that information across in a way that people can understand. Yes. That, that's the thing that, that they, 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 where I'm able to take some things that are out there and show it in a new light or in a way that's intelligible to, to people who may not be reading the big yes. investigative stories and all of or that. Or who don't yeah. want to, who yeah. aren't able to. Yeah. 
but they can just look at a picture and grasp it immediately. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're able to do that. And, um, having said that about being able to look at a picture and being able to grasp immediately, we were chatting earlier about your cartoons being used in a classroom environment and from an educational perspective. And tell me what you feel about that, because I know I was saying my children in particular, it's being used in their classrooms. Yeah. And they quite enjoy the way it's being used because it's it's giving them an understanding of what is happening in our political environment, in our political landscape, in a way that they're able to interpret. It's one of my favorite things that uh, wherever I go in South Africa, uh, people tell me, um, oh, my son got his political education through your books or um, or my daughter has had the, your exam in her, your your cartoon in an exam. Or yes, they're the always teacher, popping up in exams. Or the, yeah, or the teachers uh, uh, cutting them out in those days, cutting them out of the newspaper, or they've, or they've got them up on the walls, or in history, in English, in life orientation, in art, in in many subjects. Um, and so it's one of my, my favorite things. I, I also lo- love the fact that the books themselves are a kind of secondary passing around of the cartoons and sometimes kids of as young as four or five years old are without understanding the issues are interested in the sort of dynamics going on in the drawings and then they by the time they're eight or nine they starting to understand something by yes. the time they're 12 13 14 they fully get it yeah and uh, so that's fantastic and the the i'll just tell you one little thing that happened to me last week actually on the the a very big night, an award ceremony for me last week. Somebody came up to me as I was quite a little distracted and she said, I have to show you this cartoon. And she shows me on her phone, cartoon that my, my son, you know, uh, he's studying, you know, this is a, the cartoon that he got in his exam today. And I said, Oh, fantastic. And you know, I thought I'd heard this before. She says, um, <laughs> I do, do, must I remind you that my son is studying in Germany? Oh, wow. <laughs> so they, it, yeah, they get around more than you even Surprise. expect. Yeah. Could you ever have foreseen something like this happening? I mean, when you started doing this. No, no, no. I mean, that's, you know, no, no. That, 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 that kind of stuff takes me by surprise. Yeah. I mean, you, you didn't, somewhere you didn't picture on the other happening. side of the world. And yeah, yeah. And you didn't picture it actually even being, being used here. I, as an educational I, I, tool. You know, I, that, I think, I, I did have a sneaking little hope that, that, that the cartoons, I really did. And when I was preparing my first book in 1996, my first annual, um, the cartoonist from, uh, one, the, one of the doyens of South African cartooning, Dov Fedler, uh, who lives up here in Johannesburg, yes. I mean, I'm in Cape Town, he came down, he, he visited me in my studio and he was, a little perturbed by how much effort I put into everything, and and he, and he said, you know, you've got to relax a little bit. He's very quick and very brilliantly, yes. easy, easily able to draw. But he's also well. not as filled with angst as I am about like what I do. And he's not he's not an, so much an activist. He's a more kind of cartoonist, cartoonist. And he he looked at and he said, you know, I think I think you, you really you put too much into it. He said, today's cartoon is tomorrow's chip wrapping. <laughs> Always remember that. And I said, no, 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 no. I really believe, and I'd started, to, I, I said, I'd started to see how people are using the cartoons. And I, I said, when I put the books together, I want them to have some sort of significance where people can pick them up in five years time or in another country and, 
and really like absorb they have another life and um definitely and, yeah so i did have that ambition to have to do cartoons that could be viewed today and could be viewed by people of different ages and in five years time so and you're creating some something that has longevity yeah. and also they're not just little doodles your your cartoons you spend hours creating them i, I think, do I too long too long no yeah. not too long <laughs> because i think you you i think i read that um the shortest time that you spend on a cartoon is something up to three hours, and that's that's the shortest time you spend on it. Yeah, these days I don't know if I do any that quickly anymore. <laughs> I, uh, when I was doing six cartoons a week, I, I wow. probably did somewhere. Uh, the very, very, very quickest cartoons would have been one where I did a sort of an hour on the process and then two hours to finish, um, usually longer than that. But these days I'm afraid it's, I, I haven't mastered that art of, of being, of being, of, of being quick and expeditious in, in doing cartoons. If you've just tuned in, I'm chatting to Zapiro. Um, and it's great to have him here with me. Tell me, um, I did chat a bit about this last week in my show. You've just received a highly prestigious international award. Um, and the award bestowed on you by the, the French ambassador, I think it was, yes. is the Chevalier des Arts et Lettres. Yeah. I hope the, I pronounced that close to correctly. And I think <laughs> tell, they, us, they, tell us what that is. I'll and, try my, the Chevalier des Arts et Lettres. Yes, that's, that, that's that sounds a, better. Well, that's, a, that's as good as I can do. But uh, it's a knight of the Order of Arts and Letters, which is, Amazing. It's a, it's, they, they look around the world since, since 1957. They've been looking for people, um, in France and uh, across the world who they feel are, are furthering, uh, cultural understanding, uh, freedom of expression, uh, just and in, in all sorts of, in all genres of, of, of art and music and li- literature and, uh, um, drama, etc. and cartoons. Amazing. So, there are people like uh, Susan Sontag and Steven Spielberg and uh, Angelique Kidjo and uh, yeah, locally, Johnny Clegg, who uh, was the first South African to receive this award. You're an uh, incredible company. Uh, incredible I mean, company. Really congratulations Kenty, to you. Sanele Maholi, uh, Gregory McLaughlin. Incredible, yeah. incredible achievement to have this bestowed on you. And um, I think that when it was awarded to you, um, you were described as, or the the award, or you were described as. Um, cartoonists bring fire. Yeah. Tell us about that, about, about the type of fire that, that you bring to the world with your, your type of art. Well, I, I must credit the ambassador, and his name by the way is Ambassador Le Chevalier, uh, interestingly <laughs> enough. So he is an yes. ambassador of the, the knight. Um, that's his actual surname. But he, he penned a most magnificent and very moving uh, exposition of what cartoons are about and fire was his metaphor and the fire that he talked about was a fire that he then moved to say with this fire he talked about how if a cartoon a cartoonist goes a little too far uh, it can cause pain and hurt if, if you don't go far enough you're not funny uh, you're not saying enough and if you can it can the cartoons he, he also used archery said you have to hit that that bullseye and if you hit the bullseye then you know you can do something that gets taken by 
by colleagues and friends and people in the street and talked about. And if you, uh, if you do something, uh, incredibly sharp, it can be something that actually has an effect at a, on, on, on people at a high level. It was a, it was an amazing, amazing speech. And, uh, it's something that I've now have as, I mean, I think it's one of the best pieces I've seen written about cartooning. Yes. And, and I was lucky was enough for that to be the highly, it was highly speech for me. It, yeah. was, it was really yeah. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you. And um, did you know you were going to be receiving this honor? Uh, just a couple of months ahead. Um, I mean, they, I was I was informed. I was phoned, and, and I was actually sent a sent an email first, and then we had a meeting. I met the the ambassador. I I, I knew the the consul already, the who was in Cape Town. Uh, there was a, there was another ambassador before who apparently had put my name forward. So I mean, I'm really grateful to all of them. Uh, you know, to, and, and uh, the event itself was fantastic. It pinned this wonderful, uh, medal. Yes. Uh, on me and, and, uh, I was also, they, they allowed me to have a, a lot of friends and colleagues and, and so we invited my family amongst other people and the, and my family were together for the first time in nine years. Oh, I, mean, wow, I have a sister in, in Australia who came with her family, and I have another sister in London, and another one is up here in Gauteng, and everybody congregated down there in it Cape really Town for the first time in a long special. time. Yeah. Very, very special event. It was amazing. And truly well, well deserved. Thank you. So congratulations for that. And um, not the first award you've received. You've received numerous awards. Yeah, during your I'm, career, I've, I've been yeah, I've been very lucky. <laughs> Give us some other highlights. Um, I think one of the most amazing awards I've uh, it was an amazing experience as well. It was was the Prince Klaus the Principal Prince Klaus Award from the Netherlands in 2005, which was it's their sort of major award in in also in in arts and, and culture, often for culture that's under threat in some way, either of Becoming kind of extinct as things move on or under threat from censorship. And, um, they, they have one major award every year and ten secondary awards. And I was lucky enough to get the principal award for, for, for that year. So they flew m- me and my wife business class. I couldn't believe it. I mean, we had, you know, sleeping on the, we felt like real dignitaries <laughs> and, and, uh, and then it's the royal family. I'm, they make it very difficult for me to be as anti-monarchist as I am. I'm, I'm very. I, I don't like hereditary titles. I don't like kind of royalty as a as a as a as a whole. But the Dutch royal family were very down to earth and very progressive. Um, they sat me next to the Queen at the, um, wow. at, the at the cer- at the ceremony. I was sitting chatting with the Queen, and then they asked me up and. To make my presentation and I, I gave a big presentation of cartoons and a big speech and, and then I got the, the award. So that, that was incredible. But, and I, 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 I went to Sweden for, uh, and I received an award in Sweden. And I've, yeah, I've a couple of honorary doctorates here in South Africa, things like, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's, who knew? So for, from starting off as, as a kid doodling on a notepad. Yeah. <laughs> um, a long and illustrious career that I hope we will see continue for many years to come. I think, um, we have a lot of material for you <laughs> to continue for yeah, many years to come. That, that we have. And, <laughs> 
and I, I look forward, and I think um, the public look forwards look, looks forward to um, seeing many, many more cartoons coming from your pen. Um, this has been an absolute honour chatting to you, Zapiro, and. I wish we could chat for much longer, but unfortunately our time is up. As I said earlier, we are doing a giveaway of Zapiro's latest annual, Which Side is Up? It's a signed copy of the book. And stay tuned, and we'll give you the numbers that you can SMS or telegram or email so that you can possibly win a copy. Thank you so much for being with me here today. It's been a pleasure. Great. Thanks.